Hello, Probus. Howdy, howdy. <coughs> Good start. <coughs> Dying over here. And welcome to <laughs> But It Was Aliens. <laughs> the extraterrestrial comedy podcast. Brought to you by two former Mibs. I'm your dying host this week, Moonwalker. And sitting opposite me, as always, is the delightful bearded one, Kevin the Grey Beard. There you go, manifesting again. If if you what, die... you walking on moons? No. The beard bit. Not manifesting, just stating what I see. So, as you're dying, if you die, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to continue with the episode, or...? Yes. I'm going to get a Ouija board out. You better hope it's me that comes back. <laughs> well, it'll make for an interesting episode regardless. So today, we're not looking at one sighting, but a few. Gulf Breeze, Florida is a city in Santa Rosa, and it's just north of Pensacola Beach. Hmm. Do you love a beach? Pensacola was Not a that... fan of a beach. I like the beach. I like a beach. <laughs> I love a beach. Pensacola, was that where Roy Jones Jr. was from? Or am I getting mixed up? I have no idea. Roy Jones! He's a boxer for those who don't follow sport. Once again, apologies. In Great th- boxer as well. Yes, he was. Went on too long, but still. Great boxer. They often do, sadly. In 1987, the Gulf Breeze Sentinel published a number of photos which were given to them by a local contractor by the name of Ed Walters. These photos were allegedly truthfully of UFOs. Ed Walters sounds like a real familiar name. It was November 11th, 1987. Ed Walters, also known as Mr. Ed, (laughs) saw a craft hovering outside his home about 200 feet in the air. He took five photos of an object in the sky outside of his house but he didn't take these photos from inside his house Mr. Ed was outside and had been immobilised by a blue beam coming from the object Uh, uh, Can I interject and ask a question there? Mm -hmm. If he's been immobilised how the frick has he taken a photo? (laughs) Let's not ask stupid questions (laughs) This was the first time Mr. Ed saw the craft, but it wouldn't be the last. I feel like this is going to be a silly episode already. I mean, it often is, but a particularly silly episode. So Ed has said that over time and many, many visits, he not only took 32 pictures of it, but he videotaped it too. On one occasion... He watched as the craft landed on Soundside Drive and five aliens exited the craft. One of them stared into his window and they communicated with him in both English and Spanish. Hola, senore. But it wasn't verbally, it was telepathically. And then he was shown a book of dogs and some writing identifying them. After this, he was lifted off the ground again by a bright blue beam. Writing identifying dogs. Yes. So is this like every different breed of dog? 
Yeah. Like we got Alsatian, Labrador. Maybe it was them showing him the dogs that they'd already collected. We must. This is our collection of puppers. <laughs> Puppy one. <laughs> Puppy two. We must worship their dogs. Are these dog aliens? Do they look like dogs? Did we say what they look like? We didn't, we did didn't we? Didn't say they what look they look like dogs. Look. Are these like dog humans? What would a dog crossed with a human actually look like? Like a dog nappers. Like, like a centaur, but only dog. <laughs> really, really small. So would you have the body head. of a dog with a human head or the other way around? Other way around, actually. <laughs> Walking around on uprights with a dog head. Bending down and sniffing butts. Quite dangerous. No, dogs are lovers, not fighters. Yeah, but they can still punch and kick and then just bite your head off. Yeah, but they're lovers. The only time they're naughty is when they've not been brought up right. Like humans? Generally, yeah. Every now and again you get, like, one with a bit of darkness in their soul, like yourself, but... Darkness! <laughs> did, did Mr. Ed, Mr. Ed live on Soundside Drive? I don't or know. Or was that just where he I went to take photos? I don't know where Mr. Ed lived. So we have a craft. I was going to say, I don't know what you can see from sound side drive. Well, he... His house could clearly see it, but then how far could the aliens see? But then he said he saw them staring into his window. What if he had binoculars? Or what if they landed around the corner on Soundside Drive and then walked over to his house as he watched them staring into his window? What if he was at his window with binoculars staring out? And it's one of those moments where they get down and then they just turn and it goes. <laughs> he actually hears the sound effect yep. as well. And they lock eyes and then they start speaking to him in English and Spanish. Showing him dogs. <laughs> El papé. These better be dog aliens led by a dog to rule them all. Ricardo. Ricardo. December 2nd, 1987. Mr. Ed claims that he was hit by the blue beam once again. And then he claims that on February 7th, 1988, he photographed the blue beam again. This time, his wife was attempting to outrun it. So he just stood there watching, took a photo. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, you've got a picture here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. So is that... It's kind of like a flying saucer at first glance with a very big light passage at the bottom of it and you can almost see like a glass bulb-like element at the top with one alien in the middle, like a real stereotypical cartoon UFO. Is that tiny bit coming down from it supposed to be a tractor beam? That's not supposed to be a tractor beam. It's meant to be the blue beam. We don't know if it has traction powers. Apologies. Apologies. We don't know if it was the other blue beam that took him up. I I don't want to shit on this. I want to get get on board with it. But I do have to say that the photo you show me, the saucer, does look ever so slightly superimposed onto a different image. I think you'll find that's a proper picture. Is it going to be like of a button or something? There was another occasion where Mr. Ed... (laughs) You've made me suspicious that you're just continuing on. ...claims an alien looked through his home window. Other times that this would happen, sometimes there would be more than one, and he would experience a humming in his head. To him, 
this would mean that the aliens were on their way. Can you imagine that? You're sitting there, you, all of a sudden you just start humming a tune. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> there's aliens! <laughs> For you, it would be... Do, 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 do. And then the aliens beside you working out mm-hmm. with their dog heads. Doing all right there, kid. I, I feel like my years of silly accents are finally starting to rub off on you. <laughs> I can't remember the last time you just went into an accent without me having to real, really, really milk you for it. Like a cow. You all right? You all right, kid. Jump down and give me six curls. Why would you On drop? the floor. Because that's what real athletes do. Okay. Drop down and give me six bicep curls. I want to see what that would look like and how you do it. You've got a drop. I don't have any (laughs) curling devices with which to curl. Ed and his family would go on to report 19 sightings in total. And his family. Is that wife and more or just wife? Just says and his family. Okay. I don't know if he had that, if that included the dogs, children, grandma, mum, dad, niece, nephew, aunt, uncle, great aunt, great uncle, cousins, second cousins, third cousins, stepbrothers, sisters, stepdad, stepmom, <laughs> stepgrandparents. Cousin three times removed? Four cats, the budgie. So on May 1st, 1988, after midnight, Mr. Ed was at Shoreline Park. Don't ask me what he was doing there. Probably dogging. (laughs) Anyway. But whilst there, he felt a presence. He looked up and saw a UFO. He took a picture of it. And then he blacked out. For over an hour. When he came to, he found some liquid. Liquid that the UFO had leaked. And this liquid was boiling and continued to boil up to 19 days after Mr. Ed had collected it. That's a bold claim. You better have some evidence to back that bit up. Boiled for 19 days. That's plenty time to get that stuff looked at and examined, analysed. And that is exactly what Mr. Ed did. Good. I would say, if I knew that's exactly what Mr. Ed (laughs) did. no. Don't let us down, Mr. Ed. He's um, reminding me a little bit of someone that you probably don't want him to remind me of. He's quite prolific with his experiences, isn't he? He is. He's a bit tiger ring piece, Mr. Romanek. I mean, he hasn't gone to that level yet. Well, he's taken photos whilst immobilised. That in itself is quite alarming for me. This is because he has been practising dropping down and giving 20 (laughs) bicep curls. So when immobilised in the blue beam, he was sti- He had the strength to bicep curl his arms out of the beam and take the photos. You son of a... <laughs> See, folks, if you follow Greybeard's workout plan, you too can move whilst immobilised. Can move through track the beams. So when Ed Walters gave the photos to the Gulf Breeze Sentinel, he used a different alias so as not to give his real identity. If he calls himself Tiger, I'm out. And become the subject of ridicule. He used the names Mr. Ed, Mr. X, 
Ryan Sabian. And Jim. <laughs> Mr. Ed and Mr. X, I get. Jim, it's not really Mr. X-like, is it? And to be fair, Mr. Ed isn't much of a stretch from Ed Walters. No. He's not really going to cover himself that well. But in 1989, he admitted that he was the one that had taken the photos. He would also state that he was happy to take part in a lie detector test, and he did. The Pensacola examiner who administered his test in February of 88 passed him, stating that Walters believed his photos were real. So, was Ed a target? According to Ed... He's about to be. There are three times in his life, not including the incident at Shoreline Park, where he has experienced missing time. He didn't believe this had anything to do with aliens or UFOs, but knowing what we know now, maybe they did. On one occasion, it was during a canoe trip, but he put that down to heat stroke. Another time was when he was a teenager, he thought it was a nightmare. And the last of the three happened when he was driving at night. He could no longer see any street lights or cars on the road. He stopped the car and got out. As he did, a single light started to head his way. He describes it as being like a motorcycle light. He got back in his car and the light lifted and lit up the inside of the car. Next thing he knew, morning traffic was passing him by and he'd lost about five hours. To be honest, the lost time would be the least of my concerns in that last scenario. <laughs> he's been in a car that's lifted. Why is he not leading with that? The, the Sorry, the light lifted. So it was coming along at a... Oh, I thought of, you meant it lifted line. up the car. No, and then the light kind of lifted up and lit up the inside of the car. Okay, I'll, I'll think about taking that back then. Three moments of lost time out of 19 sightings slash visits. It's not bad going, is it? It's, yeah, it's not uh, bad. To odds. be fair, to be fair, these three moments, I don't think include the 19 visits that he and his family saw because some okay, of these were when so he was younger. 22 experiences now. Then this is rapidly rising. We're getting quite Adamski prolific here. So Ray Stanford an investigator for Project Starlight, would study the pictures that were submitted by Ed. He focused on the clouds within the pictures and got the wind direction from the weather department. Clever. After receiving the information, he deemed it impossible for the pictures to have been taken on the night of November 11th, 1987, and he deemed the photos a hoax. Bonkers how people can do that. Mr. Stanford was then advised the wind directions he was given were incorrect, and once given the correct information, he took back his statement and said it was 100% possible that the photos were taken on that fateful night. Possible doesn't mean that they definitely were. He said they were possible, goddammit. And that is a picture of Mr. Stanford there. He looks a little bit like someone I know, weirdly. Does he really? <laughs> yeah. Genuinely. Do you know Ray Stanford? <laughs> no. 
Uh, how to describe this guy? He is nothing particularly standing out about him apart from one thing which I will get to. He's an older gentleman, probably around 50s to 60s. Lots of a good set of hair, grey, grey beard, inclusive of moustache, stripy blue shirt. Now, the point of interest here is what is that around his neck? That is a giant crystal. Giant blue crystal. Forgive my terminology if a blue crystal is called something else. I can't remember what they're called, but um, we had another case where the guy was wearing that around his neck. And it goes all the way down by the looks of it to his belt buckle. It's like a man necklace for the men that didn't want to seem like they wore necklaces. <laughs> That's an even bigger necklace, though. You could just tuck a necklace behind your shirt and no one would know if you don't want to be seen to be wearing a necklace. And it also matches his ring. And his hold on, he's wearing a watch on both wrists. I think the second one's just like a wrist bracelet. This man likes to accessorise. He really does. The Saying that, the ring, the bracelet, the belt buckle and the necklace all seem to have a bluish hue, bluey green hue to them and match. They're a set. This this has now given me... Uh, I'm getting vibes of Obronzel Ravenclaw <laughs> mixed in with the dolphin guy who dances. <laughs> if they had a love child... I might go back and listen to that one just to hear the end. I might go back and listen to both of them. Two of our more classic episodes, I would argue. Mm-hmm. So Stanford wasn't the only investigator to weigh in on this case. Bud Hopkins also interviewed Ed and vouched for him. Bud had years of experience of research and interviewing witnesses, so found him to be truthful. What also helped this is that Ed had turned down a $100,000 book deal and also passed a lie detector. Hopkins also believed that Ed wasn't the only person that was being abducted from the Gulf Breeze area. A $100,000 book deal. He turned it down. Yep. Was he already independently wealthy? Who knows? Do we have evidence of this book deal? Because that's a pretty big advance for your first book. And particularly in this field that doesn't traditionally get the amount of readers that like a children's fantasy novel or indeed a fantasy novel in general may get. Well, no one said it was an advance. It could have been the total deal. Well, even so, a total deal. And you're not, if that's not to offer that, that can't be based on a guarantee to sell this much. I'm sorry, I'm getting my terminology mixed up. That's that's a guarantee, isn't it? If you're offered a book deal at that cost, that's not dependent on so many books. Otherwise, it would be a tentative offer. It wouldn't be concrete. He's saying he's been offered $100,000 and he's turned it down. No. I don't think he has. I think that's the thing. The alien claims have all been fine. That claim on that book deal has pushed me over the edge. You've gone too far, my friend. Who's this photo of, sorry? You've put Bud. a photo in the research notes. Who? Bud. That's Bud. Bud Hawkins. You should know that picture. Oh, to be honest, I get f so fixated on Dr. Leo Fart Sprinkle that I can't remember what anyone else looks like most of the time. I swear, Fart Sprinkle's <laughs> coming up later today now. 
So Bruce McCarby, a ufologist and optical physicist, investigated the Polaroids and stated, I think there's a good chance it's the real thing. Everyone say it's possible, there's a good chance. You might as well say it allegedly truthfully happened. This is an optical physicist, Kevin. What is an optical physicist? An optical physicist. Ed also. <laughs> I need to know. What does an optical physicist do? Went through most. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they do. I understand what uh, a, I mean, a theoretical physicist would do. I've never come across an optical physicist. What if they literally just study pictures? I was thinking they study the way our universe is perceived visually by us. But I feel like I'm clutching a little bit there. Clutch. So anyway, Ed also went through what most go through. Hypnotic regression therapy. Oh, see, now you're getting me real suspicious because I know Dr. Leo Fart Sprinkle is a prolific hypnotherapist. And during regression therapy... Ed discovered that he'd been abducted by aliens multiple times on multiple occasions. Dan Overlaid, the Overlord, who examined Ed and also conducted a personality and intelligence test on him, claimed that Ed was as normal as the rest of us. Clearly not us, but most other people. Speak for yourself. Oh, well, normal. Do you know what I mean, like? Sightings in the area date all the way back. I'm normal, Jack. Jack. Back to March 31st, 1953. Jack. You can't do it with your throat. I can't. And when... Are you jealous of my voice, Jack? And when the paper published Jack. the pictures... Both of them and MUFON were inundated with dozens of reports from residents in the area, some reporting strange lights in the sky, others reporting seeing strange shapes or crafts in the sky. Mm. Others claimed to have seen the same blue light that Ed claimed had immobilised him. For a second there, I was going to criticise, like, why is it they only come forward after someone else puts it in a paper, like you trying to hop on that bandwagon, then I thought sometimes like with whistleblowing or with some sadder claims in professional workplaces, it for example, Hollywood, someone it takes someone step. brave and bold to come forward and say what's going on for other people to then find the confidence and follow the example. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to lay back on criticising that bit and instead revert to the earlier section whereby he conducted an intelligence test that stated he was as normal as the rest of us. Mm-hmm. What is that? What? How does an intelligence test state whether you're normal, air quotes? I've never taken the test, so I wouldn't know. Uh, I think I've said this on the podcast before. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to call bullshit, but I've done a couple of IQ tests and I have on one occasion scored higher than Einstein. However, on another two occasions, at least I did not. So I'm not entirely sure on whether I'm the most intelligent person in the universe. It's a possibility. You got lucky. (laughs) 
I don't buy into IQ tests. Can you remember the uh, podcast we done where we were talking about the puzzle that was put on the internet and a random three-year-old just walks up and finds <laughs> the answer? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's me on IQ tests. You're that random three-year-old. No, um, it was... I did several of them as part of a university module and you can kind of train your brain for them like do you remember that nintendo ds or 3ds game brain training oh yeah basically if you do things like that there you can prepare for iq tests and do quite well on them and they're also quite culturally biased i remember that brain train that's pretty cool i never actually had it i did i should bring it out on the switch but yeah once you start doing activities of that nature you start learning what to look for and this was by the way like 10 years ago or more so I'm not saying I'd do well today or that. Well, I am saying I'm more intelligent than Einstein, but <laughs> I'll die on that. <laughs> no, but yeah, then they're not. The point I'm getting to in a really <laughs> poor way here is that they don't buy into them as much as what people try and claim you should. Don't buy they into don't them mean as much shit. as you should buy into a lie detector test. So in July 1988, <laughs> Jenna... Okay, my typing this in, it has auto-corrected a name. Right. So the name isn't Jenna, but I don't know what the name is. <laughs> <laughs> We've anonymized this person, allegedly truthfully. Because it's uh, Mr. and Mrs. McConnell, and I'm pretty sure his name wasn't Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, we apologize and respect your choice. Definitely wasn't. Because I'd have remembered that. So, in July 1988, Mr. McConnell and Shirley McConnell claimed to have seen an aeroplane over the water on the pier. Shag Harbour, baby! This aeroplane had its landing lights shining off the water. It was disc-shaped and had lots of windows. No wings and made zero noise. Mm. When interviewed at a later date, the McConnells claimed that they'd sent out UFO-themed party invitations to their friends. Then two days later, a cylindrical craft could be seen hovering from their window for nearly four minutes and then drifted away. Mr. McConnell estimates that the craft was about 75 yards from the house and Shirley says she got an eerie feeling about it and recognised it from the newspaper. Would you say that something lasting for nearly four minutes is quite a long time? I would. <laughs> I'd say it lasted a very long time. It would give me enough time to go and get my camera. Well, I've, I've heard that you could do a lot in four minutes. Do bicep curls, bench presses. <laughs> on, can you do them on the squats. floor, though? Yep. Could get a lot of exercises done in four minutes. I probably couldn't. Not fun ones. What's a fun exercise? Oh, you know what a fun exercise is. No, I don't. Enlighten me. Dirty bastard. Do you do dirty things at the gym? The group of... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I do have one more serious question before we move on. So a cylindrical craft was seen on this occasion in 1988, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. July 1988. Were the other crafts seen earlier in this case cylindrical? Because I'm not sure that was the case. No. (laughs) 
Don't be coy with me. <laughs> you tell me as it is. I'm just trying to rack my brain around how these cases are connected. Yep. I get that. I can understand that. Brenda Pollock, who was a councilwoman, honest and trustworthy position that is, and a friend of Ed's, was crossing the Pensacola Bay Bridge on the night of March 17th, 1988. Oh. When walking across the bridge, she spotted a bright orange light across the treetops, which was moving fast. She returned home to tell her husband, only to find that he was out with Ed. Mr. Ed is back. Yeah, but it wasn't a blue light. The group with Ed left him to go and get hot chocolate. And as they left, there was a series of flashes behind them. They rushed back to see Ed had taken photos. They stood there and waited for the Polaroids to develop and claimed that they saw an oblong saucer-like object rather than cylindrical. A member of MUFON, Gary Watson, has said that it was more than Ed's photos, but also the other reports that came in, which helped him for his opinion on the matter. And he believes that Ed was telling the truth about the Gulf Breeze UFO. Not another one. They all believe. Ed must be among the most prolific photographers ever to have existed. Planet Aerium. <laughs> I'm immobilized. I mean, this was 88, so it's well within reason for Ed to carry a camera around with Absolutely. him. I'm not questioning that. But why is it always Ed and no one else getting the photos? Maybe they're not as skilled as Ed. They didn't drop down and give like 20 bicep curls. <laughs> so they're not strong enough to lift their arms out of uh, immobilising blue beams. They can't overcome. Only Ed could get it up. Random question. Do you think most gym goers listen to music rather than podcasts? Depends what they're doing. I I never really pictured our demographic being gym goers, really. Why? Just, well, I'm not saying they aren't. I just It's not what I imagined. Huh? I wonder if we do have many gym going listeners who are listening to <laughs> this in the gym and just cursing at me. <laughs> I think it depends on... If you're doing weights or running, because I know some people that can't run to music because the Mm. beats will change. Therefore, you're running to a different tempo each time. So they'll listen to podcasts instead. So if you're on a treadmill right now, don't fall over. Your shoelaces are untied. Stop the treadmill and then walk over to the weights because treadmills fucking suck ass. Says, now drop and give me 20 bicep curls. <laughs> says Captain Cardio over here. I wonder if anyone is going to drop and give us some bicep curls. We could start a new workout here. I'd imagine it'll be quite good for you. If any of our listeners gonna... are in the gym right now, take a video of you doing bicep curls and then just send it through to our Instagram. I'll even post it on my personal Instagram account because, you know, fitness. Biceps! But like, if you were dropping on the floor to do it, you wouldn't have that additional core strength you would from standing up. So it's probably going to do you more good than standing up. I feel like I'm onto a winner here. If you did it on your knees. I can't kneel. You How would, am I going to do it on my knees? You would train your core more. 
because you wouldn't have your legs taking the brunt of it. Well, that's what I'm saying. But you could sit down on your butt and do it and get the same effect as what I was picturing, no, maybe because wouldn't. I can't kneel. Why would it not help if you sat on your butt? I didn't say it wouldn't help. It depends what you're trying to help. You're just trying to do My curls. My butt, oh, I'm back. <laughs> right, let's get this away from fitness. I have enough of that in my week. Sure, me too. Now, this is the part of the probe where we turn to science and scepticism. UFO investigator Philip Class believes that there's no way that the photos are real, but did also say that he hasn't investigated the case himself as the case wasn't interesting to the public. Robert Nathan from NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab said that after examining the photos that many of the pictures looked like double exposure saying that the craft and buildings nearer looked more sharply focused. That's kind of what I was getting at earlier, yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> Glenn <laughs> Air Force Base, east of Gulf Breeze, recorded no unusual activity, no radar blips, and weren't secretly studying or testing anything at the time either. KUFOS founder J. Allen Hynek stated that the photos were fake based on the windows. He said that the windows were not spaced evenly, and that the pictures were too wavy. He said this suggested that they could have been taken by water. Ed also had some snitches in his camp who spoke to Mark Rodiger and Robert Boyd claiming that Mr. Ed was a practical joker and prankster. Larry! Apparently, Rodiger was forced to change his mind from sceptic to authentic case, which caused fractures amongst the Kufos group. And in June 1990, after Mr. Ed had moved house, the new owners were up in the attic when they found a model made up of four plastic foam plates and some drafting paper. This model resembled Ed's UFO, and Mr. Ed refused to do a lie detector test, but signed a sworn statement denying any knowledge of the UFO. He also said that it was someone trying to discredit him. Not just someone, but the government. Did the government buy his house? He tells a story of how a neighbour told his wife that they saw someone with out-of-town plates enter their garage and attic. What the hell is an out-of-town plate? So, New York, New Jersey. So, depending on where you're from, your plates, your licence plate. Oh, licence plates. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were referring <laughs> to someone with... Like, just... Crockery. China. Yeah. China, China plates? This don't come from around here. It's reported that Ed was given a $200,000 book advance and was offered $450,000 by ABC for a miniseries. They dug into his past a bit more and found that Ed had served 18 months in prison for forgery and an auto theft charge in 1967. He was granted a full pardon by Governor Bob Martinez in 1990, and we don't know why. Oh dear. And there is a picture of Bob's, Bob's UFO? Ed's UFO. That looks more like a light. What's the little nubbin on the top? Probably um, something to hook the wire by. As you hang it <laughs> this kind of looks like an upside down saucer with square and diamond-shaped windows drawn by an adolescent, I would expect, or myself. So to summarise, we have the Gulf Breeze case. 
where a Mr. Ed handed in several photos to the paper of a UFO which he saw outside his house. Over time, Mr. Ed was visited by the aliens on numerous occasions. They would speak to him telepathically in both English and Spanish. We would go on to hear about the blue beam, which would shoot down from the craft and immobilize him. <laughs> Under hypnotic regression, he would uncover the multiple times that he had been abducted by aliens before and how he s suffered from lost time, which he originally put down to more logical explanations. His story would also be backed by other citizens of Gulf Breeze who reported seeing strange crafts in the sky around the same time as Mr. Ed. Ufologists from different organisations would investigate the case and while some believed that the case to be an authentic, otherworldly experience, there were some that did not. In 1990, the new owner of Mr. Ed's house, whilst looking in the loft, stumbled upon a model of the UFO that was seen in Mr. Ed's pictures. This was disputed by Mr. Ed, and he claimed that it was a conspiracy to discredit him. But that model was foam rather than a button. Boom. Yeah, I don't really have much to go over here because I feel like you shit all over it for me in your science and scepticism section. I didn't. So what you're saying is whether it's aliens or hoax, you're saying it's aliens. Is that what I heard? No. That's not what I That's heard. That's not even close to what you heard. Then what did I hear? You but heard... aliens? No, not for a little while. You heard... For a long while? Me... <laughs> you heard me clarifying that you had indeed shit all over your own probe. I did no such thing. Um, I'll be... I'm surprised here. I feel like 2022 you, angry you would have absolutely gone to town on this person, <laughs> gone on like a six-minute tirade about how they're a twat. Yeah, you seem to have Mr. Ed's back. It's curious to me, very curious. What do you mean by have his back? You're not... What if 2023 me is more mellow? Well, that's what I'm saying. You're, you seem less invested in calling bullshit and more invested in in looking at the case with a lack of scepticism. It's my own case. Although you did shit all over it. <laughs> I already know the outcome. <laughs> I can't give it away by being me. Well, I, mean, I think we both know the outcome here. <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush. I'm not saying that it was aliens. Do you know what I'm going to do tomorrow? So I've got a client in the morning. You're going to make them do but some floor I'm, curls? No, I'm going to go to the gym before my client and I'm just going to train bicep curls for like two hours so that if I ever get stuck in a tractor beam, I'll have the ability <laughs> to take to a move. photo. You won't have the ability to stop it or to help yourself, but you could take a photo. And lift my arms and they'll be like, he's so powerful, he can move within our tractor beam. Let's put him back down. And I'll go and put some foam plates in your attic. Do you have an attic? I have a loft. Yeah, same thing. It's not. Sort of. One begins with L, the other begins with A. They're both rooms in your ceiling. Yes, I have one. <laughs> 
thank you for joining us. Well, you didn't even conclude yourself. Oh, this is bullshit. All day long. (laughs) At least dignify us with an answer as to your views. I thought it was obvious. This is the biggest load of bullshit I've ever had. You just can't wait to get to the gym and do those floor bicep curls. (laughs) The moment... So, obviously, when I was researching this... And it said that he was able to take pictures while he was, like, immobilised. I was like, how the fuck did he get his arms up? And then the moment you said it, I was like, you... (laughs) (laughs) Can't keep a straight face. Uh, Thank you for joining us for this week's probe. No no summary on this guy, or...? I mean, he's a twat. He's not going. He's not going in the hall. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't reaching for that. But yeah, I just wondered what said, happened to him. Really? Oh no, no idea. Just vanished into okay. thin air. Went up in the tractor beam. So for the third time, thank you for joining us for this week's probe. You are welcome. You can find us on our socials: Instagram at But It Was Aliens Podcast, on Facebook at But It Was Aliens. And our Facebook group, Extraterrestrial Towers. We are also... On the Twitter! At But It Was Aliens. And for all things outside of the extraterrestrial, but still within the paranormal, you can find us on Patreon.com forward slash But It Was Aliens. As always, I have been the Walker of Moons, and he has been the Grey Within the Beard. Remember, the truth... Is up there. Hash tag. Pro- <laughs>